Welcome to the Progressaholic Podcast. At Progressaholic, we highlight stories of individuals dedicated to the progress of self and society to educate you on creating impact within yourself and the communities that you operate. Thank you so much for tuning in. And today we have with us Visa. Visa is a change catalyst for professional women who are highly accomplished yet find themselves chasing happiness. She helps them overcome disempowering beliefs, release hidden shame, and get them out of their heads to dive deep into their hearts. Applying radical self-love and spirituality principles, Visa guides her clients in identifying the patterns, pressures, and self-loathing, holding them back so they live a wildly fulfilling, fun, and meaningful life. Having overcome a life-altering autoimmune disease and depression to creating a life and career of her dreams, she has a unique take and helping women shift from feeling like a powerless spectator of their life to becoming a powerful creator of their future. It is my utmost pleasure to welcome Visa today. Thank you so much for being here, Visa. Well, thank you. I feel so honored to be here. and It's wonderful to have this conversation with you. Definitely, definitely. Um, so Visa, let's just start off a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about your background, sort of where you're from, um, leading up to where you are right now. So let's just get to know you a little better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, you know, led the, the typical Desi immigrant lifestyle. Okay. Um, I was born in India. I lived there until I was 11. And then my parents moved to the UK. So I was 11 years old when they made that decision. Yeah. And I grew up in England from 11 till when I was 21. Okay. And I was basically two people. I was one person at home, which was the respectful Indian daughter. Yeah. And then when I was at school, I was a Brit. You know, I had a British accent. I acted like my friends because that's what it, I felt. That's what I needed to fit in and feel like I belonged. Yeah. And then when I was 21, I got, I had an arranged marriage and I moved to the US. And today I'm 37. I have two kids. So I led a very conservative life and I did everything my parents told me to do. And yeah. I remember, you know, when I was diagnosed with my autoimmune disease, which you mentioned briefly when you were reading my bio. I, that happened when I was 22. My whole life came crashing down at the right old age of 22. I didn't wow. have my health anymore. So it sent me into a depression, which for the first time I experienced in my life. I really didn't know how to overcome this mental depression I was facing. So I went yeah. through a lot of challenges. For 11 years, I struggled with this illness. Yeah. And after 11 years, through the course of which I had two kids, I quit my corporate career. I started my own business. All of this happened during the time I was struggling with my autoimmune disease. Yeah. I remember just waking up one day and having this aha realization of how can I possibly live my life the way I'm living it right now, which was swallowing up to about 20 pills a day to manage the okay. pain I had because of my autoimmune disease. And I was just, I remember thinking, I have everything that I need in my life the family, the stable career, the money. Yeah. And yet I was so deeply unhappy. And a large part of me felt so ashamed and guilty for feeling okay. it that way. But I also knew that something had to shift radically. I just knew that at 65, I could not look back at my life and, and think, this is, is this all there was to it? Like, yeah. That was the question I would wake up with every day. Is this all there is to it? Is this all there is to it? Yeah. And one day I just woke up and I decided something has got to change. Yeah. So my, I started going down this path of trying to heal my autoimmune disease through outside of traditional medicine, right? I, I believed in it for 
11 years that wasn't working for me. Yeah. So I went down the rabbit hole of doing all this research. I went to see a functional medicine doctor. And six months into taking my power back, that's what I call it, I took my power back, right? I, yeah. I trusted what was coming through me for the first time in my life. Yeah. In six months, I was off of 90% of my meds. It was the most radical physical change I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. And that was the catalyst for the rest of my, all, all other aspects of my life changing. Yeah. So today I'm a mindset coach. And I mean, that in itself is another journey that I had to come through. I was in corporate America and now I work yeah. for myself. Yeah, that's incredible. That, that journey by itself is honestly incredible. And we're just glad that you're here right now in front of us. That's the main thing. Um, to sort of, I just want to touch on, I know that, that dark period that you had for those 11 years. How does someone sort of build the resiliency to sort of get through that? Because you were lucky enough to get through that. A lot of people may be in the same position as you may give up or may have certain thoughts that lead to, mm. you know, so it's like, how do you sort of stay resilient and continuously push, like be like one more day, one more day, one mm. more day, one more day. So one I would say is asking for help. That was okay. huge for me. It's not being ashamed to ask for help and telling people I'm suffering. Right? Yeah. That was a big thing for me. I was, I don't know what, Part of me taught me that it was okay to ask for help. I was never afraid to tell my husband or my parents about my struggles and what I was feeling. Yeah. And I was always the first one to say, I can't do this alone. I don't think you can help me. Yeah. I need to go see somebody. Yeah. Right? So I always went to see a counselor. I have seen therapists. When I remember I had my first baby, I had postpartum depression. Right? Once you've been diagnosed with depression, it, it haunts you. Yeah. There are phases in my life that will cut, keep coming back. Yeah. And it's being able to recognize that you don't have to live life this way. Yeah. Right? There are other, that there, this is just a dark phase of life and knowing that you will come out of it. So one, please, please, please ask those around you for help yeah. because you're not a burden. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel I'm going to be burdening someone with my unhappiness and you're not unburdened, you're not burdening them. They are there yeah. to help you and people want to help you. Yeah. But yeah. it is up to us to ask for that help because people don't necessarily, they're not mind readers. They don't know how to help unless you go ask for help and don't be scared to seek professional help. I think in Asian culture, especially, it might be a, there might be a stigma around going to see a counselor or a therapist. Yeah. You just want to keep it private behind closed doors. And I can tell you that is a detriment to your well-being. It doesn't matter what people say about, let's, it'll be fine. Let's just be can yeah. help you. They mean yeah. well, but they are scared of what it means for you to go outside and get help. Trust. Again, trust that voice that comes through you. And if you feel like you need outside support, go get it. Be, yeah. be your biggest supporter. Yeah. I like that thing that you said about trust your voice inside you because do you ever feel like maybe we have this, you know, this ability to sort of ignore our inner intuition or inner compass and at times we get carried away with what everyone else is saying? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think, again, you know, we're both Asian, so I can speak to this. Yeah. I think from a very young age, we are taught to respect our elders, don't talk back. Yeah. You know, they know that. And as a child, if you are too loud or you speak your opinion too much, that gets shut down. Yeah. You know, we are told we're disrespectful, that we need to listen. You don't talk back to people. Yeah. And now children, my children, especially now, I allow them to express their opinion in a respectful manner. 
Yeah. And so when we're growing up, you know, we are so focused on pleasing other people growing up. We want yeah. to earn that reputation of, oh, he's such a good listener. He's such a good boy. He's such a good girl, right? And yeah. that's where we get our validation from. That's how we get recognized. Yeah. And so as you get older, the same thing applies. We continue to seek validation and recognition from yeah. people around us. It might become our teachers and our professors and our managers, right? So we're constantly seeking other people's advice and opinions to help us, which is why a lot of times we feel so confused and lost and overwhelmed when it comes to making decisions. Yeah. Because we've gotten eight people's opinions. They're all different. And now yeah. we're stuck in this like, oh, I don't know what to do. They're all telling me different things. Well, guess yeah. what? The only person you need to listen to is yourself. Yeah. That is a skill. It's a, it takes practice. And so I always tell people, don't wait until it's a life-changing decision you need to make and then you need to trust your gut. That's a lot of pressure you're placing on your own gut and yeah. things at that moment. Yeah. Start with little things. Yeah. What do I feel like eating for lunch? Is it a salad? Is it fried chicken? Your body's going to tell you what it means. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, could you give me like maybe like a personal example where there's been in your life where there are a lot of people trying to tell you what to do, but you were able to sort of trust your inner, inner compass and, you know, make the right decision? Yeah, absolutely. So going back to my autoimmune disease, you know, my dad is a doctor. He's a physician. My brother is okay. a physician. So when I first told them, you know, I found what they, now I think is more widely known, but it was functional medicine. That was the specialist that I went to see. Okay. And it was unheard of, but, you know, now it's 15 years ago. And I was going to shell out a lot of my own money because insurance didn't cover it. Yeah. And I was going to go see this doctor and basically follow her advice. And I remember my dad and my brother and other people who loved me very, very deeply telling me, is this really going to work? Like, yeah. you lived with this for 11 years. There's no way, you know, what this woman is saying might work out. She's talking about diet. There's no way diet's going to help you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I went against their advice. All I needed yeah. was even my husband was on board. I don't know whether he supported me or not, but financially he was supporting me. Yeah. Right. So I got him on board. He said, okay, this is your health. We'll try it out. We have nothing to do. Yeah. So that was one of my first times that I totally trusted what was coming through me. I was like, I have no idea what this is going <laughs> to work out, but if I don't go down this rabbit hole, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Yeah. And so that was one of the times. Um, Another time, it was actually between my husband and I, I remember wanting to invest in my first life coach. Okay. And I was so desperate to work with this woman that I found online. Yeah. And it was a, it was a big investment again. And my husband just didn't get it. He was like, I don't understand why you need this woman or what you think she's going to help you with. And he yeah. thought it was a complete waste of money. Yeah. And I disagreed with him. And I said, you know what? I know you you probably don't see it the same way I do, but if I don't get this woman's help, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Yeah. And so I bit the bullet. I handed over my credit card. <laughs> and that woman changed my life. Like she changed the trajectory of my life. That is incredible. That is incredible. Um, I want to speak a little bit more about this woman maybe, because this is something that I didn't know about. So just like, because you passed up the statement that she changed your life. Yeah. Maybe, maybe what was the process that she took and like, I just want a little bit more about that because yeah, that's, absolutely. yeah, that'd be um, great. So at the time I was in network marketing, right? So I was, I was a business owner and I was working so hard at building that business. And no matter how much action I took, no matter how many hours I spent trying to build this business, I just kept hitting a wall over okay. and over and over. And I just knew that, you know, from reading certain personal development books, that something inside of me was blocking me from getting to my next level. Okay. I, I read enough self-development books to know that much. 
And so when I hired this woman, I was under the impression that I was hiring her to help me build my business. She was a business slash life coach. And I thought, you're going to help me build my business. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. And so when, whenever I would ask her a question of, well, can you help me with this aspect of my business? She would always turn it back around to me. And then she would say, well, what part of you inside feels that way? So for instance, I was very critical of my business results. Every month I would look at my numbers and I would be like, I hate it. I'm not where I want to be. Yeah. And then she would say, why do you judge yourself so harshly? Yeah. And I'll be like, well, that's how, how you get better at life. And yeah. she goes, and she said, is that really how you get better at life? And I said, well, isn't it? And so everything she would ask me, this really self-reflective question that would make me think about the way I thought about things. Yeah. So she made me wake up to the fact how much self-criticism and self-judgment I held for myself every day. All the things I was telling myself in terms of bullying, right? You suck at this. You have no confidence. You're never going to get there. You're not enough. You don't have what it takes. She woke me up to that dialogue that was going on all the time. Yeah. And when once you start hearing it, you can't stop. Yeah. We speak to ourselves. So she was yeah. the first one to open my eyes to that. Yeah. And then she helped me learn to like myself. I yeah. thought I liked myself. I thought I loved myself. I didn't. Yeah. Um, so she really taught me how to learn to like and love myself. And one of the exercises she made me do was get in front of my mirror yeah. and tell these words. She said, say, I love you, Visa. I love you very, very much. Yeah. Right. So you, you say, I love you, Devisha. I love you very, very much. Yeah. I couldn't say it. Well, I said it, but it felt like such a lie. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like there was sand in my mouth. Yeah. And that was another light bulb moment. I was like, oh my God, all this time I thought I liked and loved myself, but I can't yeah. say these words looking in the mirror at myself. Yeah. Because it was a lie. Yeah. And so I knew that I had to start doing the work of liking and loving myself because if I couldn't like and love myself then how could I expect others to yeah yeah that's incredible thank you so much for that and sort of you touched on the judging yourself and I want to go a little bit deeper into that. Uh, maybe like, I know you speak about this a lot, but how people sort of shame their way to success. Mm-hmm. So sort of let's start with why people do it and then sort of how to tackle that as well. Yeah. So again, you know, a lot of times when we have these critical voices in my head where we say I'm not good enough, I suck, all of those voices, we think it's our own voice, Yeah. but it's not. It's often a well-meaning parent who said it. Yeah. Like growing up, our parents are probably, you know, some of them compared us. You know, your brother is doing so great at school. Why aren't you? Right? Yeah. They mean it in a very loving way because they want us to grow. They want us to be successful. Yeah. But those well-meaning words actually create deep, deep shame within us. Because yeah. what we are subliminally being told is that yeah. who you are is not good enough. Oh. You've got to be somebody else. You've got yeah. to be like somebody else. Yeah. So subliminally, we are getting all of these messages to to tell us, change, change who you are, become this, right? So their voice actually then becomes our own voice. Yeah. So when we're really mean to ourselves, it's not actually us, it's your father, your mother, your brother, your aunt, your teacher, or all people who meant really well for you, but they did it in a way that is shaming us into becoming better, instead of yeah. learning to love us into becoming better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's incredible. Thank you so much for that. So sort of, how do you sort of tackle the situation? Is it like you, would you say self-awareness is the key then? Being in control of that inner voice and the voices around you? So would self-awareness then be the key over there? 
Self-awareness is absolutely the key to any kind of involvement in our life. You have to become aware of who you are today, the beliefs you have, the thoughts that come up on a daily basis for you, yeah. the emotions that you feel, all of that. Like your self-awareness radar has to be like exponentially open right, yeah. in order for change to occur. Yeah. So we will never stop being self-judgmental, right? Yeah. We are human beings. We are programmed to be judgment, judgment creatures. That's okay. Yeah. We judge others. We judge ourselves. Yeah. But what becoming more loving and patient and kind with ourselves does is we learn to separate the thought from the truth. So we now believe that every thought we have is the truth. So when we think the thought, I'm not good enough, yeah. We assume that's the truth because we're thinking it. Like, why yeah. would we think a thought that's not true, right? Yeah, yeah. So what I always tell my clients is just because you think a thought doesn't make it true. Yeah. It doesn't. Just because you have the thought, I'm not good enough, is not true. Can you yeah. prove it in a court of law that you are not good enough? Yeah. No. It's not the universal truth. Yeah. So then you know it's a lie. Yeah. So then I tell my clients, well, once you've separated the thought from the truth, which is that you are good enough, then find evidence of times you you felt good enough, right? Yeah. Um, it's really our brain always works on logic. Yeah. So the only way to battle logic, which is lie, yeah. is with an is with truth. Yeah. And so you have to start finding evidence of well, what have I done today that does make me feel good enough? Yeah. Right. Like me having this podcast conversation with you, I'm spreading my message. I'm spreading what I'm here to do, my mission in life. So that yeah. makes me feel really good. Yeah. As, a, as a parent, maybe you giving your child a hug and you knowing that you're doing the best as you can as a mother, as a father, yeah. and that is you feeling good enough in that moment. Yeah. So uh, that's how you start shifting from you know, being super judgmental to starting to feel really good about yourself. Yeah. And, you know, we have been taught to believe that the more you criticize yourself, the better you get. That is actually the complete opposite. It actually keeps you stuck. Yeah. Oh. The more critical you are of yourself, the more stuck you will become. Yeah. Because you cannot criticize your way to a better person. Like, think about a child. If you constantly criticize a child, is that child actually going to feel good and become better? They might oh. become better, but they're not going to do it feeling good. Yeah, and so I encourage everyone listening to this to just start looking at your wins, start yeah. acknowledging the small wins that you get on a daily basis instead of constantly focusing on the thing that you haven't achieved yet. Yeah, yeah. But thank you so much for that. That was uh, that was beautiful, and I sort of want to use that to sort of move into the spirituality part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty excited to talk about this personally. So let's just start off super simple. What does spirituality mean to you? Oh, I feel like that's not a simple question at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like no, the, no. the intro question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What does spirituality mean to me? So on the very basic level, I would say, you know, a lot of us might be religious or we might pray to a deity outside of us. And we believe God lives outside of us, right? That's what we've been told most of our lives is God is outside of us. But spirituality actually tells you that God is within you, right? This higher consciousness, this power that connects all of us, that created this whole earth and the moon and the planets and the sun and the stars and you and me, that power, it it courses, it flows through all of us, connecting 
to that power within us, I, yeah. that's what I call spirituality. We all have God within us. And when we tap into that God part of ourselves, that soul, that spirit, the universe, source, whatever you want to call it, yeah. that is spirituality. Okay. That was beautifully put. Um, and I know you speak about the absolute truth. And I just, if you could just maybe give us a definition of that, not a definition, but sort of what do you, like what's, like what do you mean by absolute truth? So I assume you're asking this question because a couple of questions ago I talked about, is that the absolute truth? Yeah. So right? that's why I wanted to look at a spirituality. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Let me try and articulate this. So the absolute truth would be, so let's say we have a limiting belief of I'm not good enough because I'm fat. Right? Okay. So you would look at that limiting belief and ask yourself, is this the absolute truth? Is it the absolute truth in the whole wide world yeah. that I'm not good enough because I'm fat, right? And then yeah. to disprove it, you would start to look for evidence of people who are fat and who have success in life, yeah. right? So Oprah, to this day, considers herself a weight. Okay. Right. And so yeah. she is proof that you can be overweight and be good enough. Yeah. yeah. Right. She has amassed so much wealth and created so much change in this world. Yeah. So if you can find evidence of one person to disprove your limiting belief, okay. then it's no longer the truth. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's what I mean by the absolute truth. And again, you have to fight logic with logic. Yeah. Right. That that's why this example sounds so trite, but that is the basic level we need to fight our egos with. Yeah. So if you are telling yourself these are all stories we tell ourselves of I'm not good enough, I'm not confident enough, I don't have what it takes, I'm not good at math, so I can't run a business. Right? That's yeah. another limiting belief. Yeah. It's all of these I, I can't think of a better word than stories that we tell yeah. ourselves. These are all just stories. These are fabricated lies. So yeah. if you can find evidence of one person having done the thing that you yeah. believe can't be done, then you have disproved that. Is, yeah. So it's not the absolute truth. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that. Um, and also sort of, um, you spoke about, when I asked you what does spirituality mean, this just sort of clicked in my head, but you said, um, you spoke about the higher consciousness. Yes. Would love if you could elaborate on that for our listeners. Um, I actually have a hard time defining this myself. It's a, it's more of a feeling that I have, so it's hard to put it, put it into words, but I'll try yeah. my best. The higher consciousness, it is this idea that, you know, life flows through all of us. So if you look yeah. at a leaf that's fallen on the floor to a tree that's growing, yeah. how the moon and the oceans interact with one another, yeah. the whole world, there's beautiful synchronicity in this world. Like we yeah. breathe out carbon dioxide, the plants breathe in carbon dioxide, right? Yeah. And there's this, in anything you look at in life, there's this amazing synchronicity that happens. And when you think about how does that actually happen? Well, it's this higher consciousness. It's this life that flows through everything that is on this earth. Yeah. And as humans, we are the only species in this world that actually has the ability to tap into that higher consciousness, okay. right? To understand it, to embrace it, yeah. to realize that there's divinity in all of us. Okay. Right. I think a lot of us, when we are stuck in the nine to five, we get, yeah. So stuck in the weeds, we fail to see the magic that lies in everyday moments. The yeah. miracle, like there are miracles that happen all around us. There are synchronicities that happen all around us. 
And as humans, we're all connected to each other. It's incredible how connected we are. But because we are so stuck in our problems, we yeah. fail to see all of it. Yeah. And when you connect to the higher consciousness, it's as though you're opening your eyes and awakening to the, to the world for the first time. That's yeah. what I call higher consciousness. It, it makes you feel, it allows you to feel the, the, the power that you have within you to change the course of your own life. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I don't know. I might have butchered it. But. No, no, no. You did a really good job. As someone that's like, uh, like that has sort of studied the higher, lower levels of consciousness, you've definitely done an incredible job. So thank you so thank much for you. that. Thank you. It's basically and, allowing yourself to feel the God within you, right? That's yeah. What, you know, that's what divinity is. is believing that God lives within inside all of us and then giving yourself the opportunity to tap into that part of us. Yeah. Have you ever used it? So that you said the divinity, all of us, the God and all of us. Mm-hmm. So have you ever used that, for example, because, you know, at times what we can do is, is if someone has done something even small to us, we can label them as bad or evil, or this person's just not a good person. Mm-hmm. This person does not have one good thing inside them. And like, you know, all those feelings come up. So have you ever used that thing that, okay, even this person is divine in its own way, so I should let go of this person or I should forgive this person? Absolutely. So if we, you know, the higher consciousness, that part tells me that we're all connected. We're all one. We all came from the same source. Yeah. So if somebody has wronged me, then being angry at them in some small way, I'm being angry at myself because we're all connected. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. So if somebody has wronged me, instead of judging them, we are very quick to judge people. Even yeah. if they've done something wrong to us, it's very easy to sit back and judge and say, well, you did this to me. You need to make it right, right? Yeah. And instead, looking within us and saying, well, why am I judging this person? What is it about what they've done that hurts me so much? Yeah. Right? So it's actually a great opportunity for us to learn something about ourselves yeah. and heal something within ourselves. So I'll give you an example. Um, I remember when I, on the street that I used to live on, me and one of my neighbors, we didn't get along, we didn't see eye to eye. Okay. And she said some hurtful things to me. And this was when I was still learning more about who I was. And I was very much a baby in terms of my spiritual transformation. And so when she said those words, they hurt me so deeply. And I remember crying to my coach at the time saying, I can't believe she said this to me. I'm so hurt. She made me feel like a bad mother. This was the story of the thing. And so my coach said, well, you can look at this as an opportunity to heal the wounded parts of yourself. So because my neighbor had insinuated that I was a bad mother, I was really upset. Why was I upset? Because part of what she told me felt like the truth. Interesting. That's why I was so upset. Yeah. It's like somebody coming up to you and saying, Devish, I hate your blonde hair. You would laugh at them, right? Because you don't have blonde hair, you have black hair. And you know that's not the truth. You'd be like, why are you so crazy? I don't have blonde hair. Yeah. It's the same way. She implied that I was a bad mother. If I knew deep down in my heart that I was a great mother, then those words would not have stung so bad. Interesting. There was a part of me that felt that was the truth. So I, I identified with those words. And so that is why it hurt so much. So I used that opportunity to heal that part of me, to ask myself, well, what inside of me feels like I'm not a good enough mother? Yeah. Right? That's why it hurts so much. So once I was able to, again, prove that that wasn't the absolute truth, I'm not a bad mother, right? I had to prove that as absolute truth. 
Yeah. And then I was able to forgive my neighbor. That's, That's incredible. That's incredible. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. <laughs> like even those, like, even if I take this two minutes out of the podcast, like that was, that was enough value for like two hours, literally. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like, thank you so much for breaking that down. Like example by example, that was beautiful. So I just want to sort of segue from this, um, into like, what is maybe the, your definition of a fulfilled soul? Okay. So a fulfilled soul, I would say, is a full soul, right? The part of you that feels like I am making the kind of impact that I want to make in the okay. world. I am being seen of who I am. Yeah. My voice is important. Yeah. I'm being heard. I feel beautiful inside and out. And I know that I am here for a reason, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Allowing, it's allowing all of that truth to be an everyday reality. Yeah. And knowing that we are actually co-creating life. Yeah. Right? We're not we're not these islands that are just floating around with no control over our life. Yeah. We actually get to co-create our life. And so when you wake up and you connect to the life that is all around us, that's when you, your your soul feels fulfilled. We all just want to be seen for who we are. We don't want to put on a show. We don't want to hide parts of ourselves, right? So when your soul is fulfilled, I feel that's when you get to be truly who you are and the world gets to see that and you yeah. feel good about being just that. Yeah. yeah. Do you think there's a lot of people that sort of uh, fit that definition of fulfilled soul? There are very, very few people in this world. I believe a lot of people want it and have no idea how to get it. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I believe a lot of us, including myself, this was, you know, very recently. I think we believe that we have to be a perfect version of ourselves. Okay. To feel fulfilled, okay. right? To be enough. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is we just need to learn to love unconditionally who we are today with yeah. all our imperfections. Yeah. A lot of us wait and we say, well, I'll feel beautiful when I lose X number of pounds. Yeah. I will feel confident when I get that job or that promotion. Yeah. I will feel more safe when I have this amount of dollars in my bank account. Right? Yeah. So that is all of it. It's then taking away from your soul being fulfilled. Yeah. yeah. Because you're waiting for some external event to happen yeah. for you to feel fulfilled. Yeah. And what I'm saying is you have the capacity to feel all of those feelings right now in this yeah. moment. Yeah. And again, that comes from being able to tap into that part of yourself that is connected to that divine part of yourself. Yeah. Because I, I just want to link that. We spoke about the perfection part to, because like, like we both are in North America. So yeah. it's a pretty, it's a pretty capitalistic society where sort of like, of course it's, it's more for generic thing, but your self-worth gets tied to the material success that, as you said, once I get that promotion with my manager, once I get X amount of sales in my business, once I, you know, sell these many products or mm -hmm. I do this or do this, that's when I'll be happy. Right. So that begs the question that does maybe happiness lead to success or does success lead to happiness? So being learning how to so to answer your question directly happiness yeah. actually leads to success right? yeah. which is why 
you know, some of you might be listening to this and you might have just gotten a promotion recently or you might have achieved that goal that you've been seeking for a long time. Yeah. But we all start to get that feeling. It soon wears off, right? Like the yeah. honeymoon period wears off. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you start looking for that next thing. Well, when I get that bigger car or like when I go on that next vacation, right? It's the goal always shifts. Yeah. Which is why it's really important we learn how to be in the happy in the moment now yeah. and success actually then becomes it gets attracted to it at a much faster rate um yeah. so a lot of what i do in terms of my work with my clients is that you know these women are already very successful they are you know high flying in their careers they have the husband or they're looking for the relationship and they have kids they're just not able to actually fully feel the happiness that should yeah. come from that life yeah. And what I help them feel is that happiness. They already have everything they need. They just yeah. don't know how to experience the happiness. Yeah. And so that's the work that I do is how do I allow that happiness to actually get into my being? Yeah. We all have these holes, um, big gaping voids inside of us that we are looking to fulfill with things from the outside. There is no way on earth anything from the outside can fulfill that void. Inside. Yeah. It, it yeah. has to be something inside of you that fills that void inside of you. Yeah. Would you say that maybe that um, when you try to fulfill your happiness to the outside, it's very temporary and it's those swings, those up and down swings. But when you look on the inside, that's that, that permanent bliss, you could Absolutely. say? Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. It is very temporary. When we look for things outside of us to fulfill that void, yeah. It is a very much like a roller coaster. It's a high and then it's like a low. Yeah. It's a high and a low. And then you feel exhausted because it's not in your control. Yeah. Right? That's why it feels so exhausting. And you're constantly having to satisfy that itch. Yeah. Because as human beings, we uh, grow, like we are addicted to growth. And that's a good thing. We want to expand. We want to grow. We want to learn. Sure. Yeah. Which is why after at any point you attain a goal, then immediately that itch comes back, that longing comes back, and you set another goal when you're striving. So you're never fully satisfied because that goal will always move. You will always move those goalposts. So you have to learn how to become like a master of your own emotions. Interesting. All those goals that you are looking to hit, it's not the goal itself. It's the feeling that you get when you hit that goal. Yeah. That's what we're all seeking, right? When we get that job, it may be pride. Yeah. Maybe like feeling recognized. Yeah. It might be feeling, might be like feeling purposeful, like somebody wants me, right? It's that feeling that you're seeking. So how can you give those feelings to yourself today? Yeah. Yeah. And I like that thing you said, the master of your own emotions. Um, Do you think... I know like a lot of people speak about this, that sometimes if you see the emotion, you can't be the emotion. Correct. So have you, maybe let's take the example of jealousy mm-hmm. um, and maybe try to apply it to this. For example, I feel jealous. Mm-hmm. And then how do I tackle that emotion of jealousy, for example? Great timing. I was just talking to find about this today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when you find yourself being jealous, that's actually a great thing because every emotion we feel is trying to tell us something, right? Okay. So when we experience jealousy, that tells me two things. One, you probably want the thing that you're jealous of. Okay. Right? And two, part of you believes you can't have it. That's why it's jealousy. Uh, Right? 
So then the next step would be to ask yourself, well, what is it that I'm I'm wanting? When I look at that person or when I look at that situation, yeah. what is it that I want from that situation? Yeah. Right? And then, two, why do I believe I can't have it? Why okay. do I believe I can't have it? That's why you're feeling jealous because a part of you tells you you can't have it. And that's not yeah. true. Yeah. So the good news about being jealous, and this is a third well, there's a third step and a fourth step. So third step, celebrate. When you find out the things that you want from that other person, what they're having, right? Appreciate it because it means that you too can have it. So if you are, if you are jealous of somebody's confidence yeah. and you're wanting it, that means a part of you wants to be confident as well. Yeah. And the good news is that you cannot recognize confidence in another person unless you there's a part of you that's confident inside. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, cannot yeah. recognize something in another person that you don't already have. Yeah. So that means you have confidence inside of you. It just is not on display or yeah. as big as the other person. Yeah. Right. So learn to appreciate. Turn that jealousy then into appreciation. Yeah. So start to appreciate the confidence that somebody else has and say, wow, like I love how confident they are. Not, yeah. I hate how confident I'm not. Right. That's Interesting. a big difference. It's a big reframe. Interesting. So when you start to appreciate the, what your feelings are very different, like jealousy and appreciation, they're like two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. So you can go from feeling jealous, observing that you are jealous, to knowing that I get to have that too, and then turning it into appreciation. Yeah. So would that be like using maybe basically like gratitude as a as a weapon to destroy that jealousy? Yes, absolutely. But gratitude, see, for me, gratitude and appreciation are two very different things. Okay. Gratitude is saying thank you to, you know, thank you because I get to have it. Okay. Right. That's gratitude. Thank you because I already have it. Yeah. Appreciation, you don't have to have something to appreciate it. Yeah. You can appreciate somebody's beauty yeah. without being grateful for it. Yeah. Right? But that's that's for me sometimes when I was on this journey, gratitude was a struggle for me at times, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. You can't always be grateful when you're like yeah. That. Yeah. you can find time you can find time to appreciate things. Yeah. Yeah. That so I found appreciation was harder. I mean easier for me than gratitude sometimes. Definitely, definitely. And if if I would ask like what's 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 Visa's life vision for the rest of her life, let's say how many of a year she lives, what would you say it is? I would love to be known as the leading South Asian woman who set the world on fire for other South Asian to really okay. speak their voice, to know that they are important in this world. Yeah. And she was the one who taught women how to put themselves first without selfish yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of women have a really hard time investing in themselves investing in their happiness yeah um think we tend to put everybody else first we prioritize everybody else's happiness ahead of our own and what i've come to find out from my own life experience is that as i get happier my family is so much better off than when i was self-sacrificing yeah my kids have a better mom because i'm happier my husband has a better wife because i'm happier yeah. I'm a more present wife and mother. Yeah. yeah. So would you say that's mostly in just South Asian culture or it also links to other cultures as well? It absolutely is universal. This feeling okay. is universal. And, for, you know, I can't speak for a man because I've never been one. But I know for a woman, 
we are taught that to be a good mother, you have to sacrifice. Yeah. You can't have it all is what we're taught. You have to put yeah. your husband's needs first, right? That's what we're yeah. taught. Um, and so I just, I want to disprove that. I want to show women that put yourself first. And you know what? That is actually for the, that is the best you can do for your family and in fact the whole world yeah. when women write. Yeah. And sort of just to sort of end it off, like, what do you think, uh, I know you spoke to women, but what do you think males can do to also help um, accelerate this process as much as possible? Thank you. That's such a beautiful question. I think for men, um, I think they just, they need to be, so here's the thing I learned about my own husband. Okay. <laughs> After much marriage counseling, we, we have gone to marriage counseling. There's no shame in that. What I found was that men like to fix. Women just want to be hurt. Right? Yeah, yeah. So as a husband, if you're listening to your wife, just instead of doling out or trying to fix the situation, just listen. Yeah. All she wants to be is listened to. And then yeah. ask her permission and say, can I offer up a solution? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Dude, that makes such a world of difference. And so now today when I'm sitting down and talking to my husband, I'll tell him, I don't need you to fix this. I just need you to listen. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and unconditional support, right? Allow your girlfriends, your wives, your daughters, your mothers, allow them to pursue what's in their heart. Right? Yeah. For all of us, I think sensibility kicks in. We want to be logical and rational. But what I've found is that the more we lead with our hearts, yeah. the better our life gets. So when somebody's sharing their dreams with you, listen to them and be the supporter of that dream instead of shooting it down or telling them why yeah. it's not a great idea, why it's not going to work out. I know you're doing it to protect them, yeah. but you're crushing their dreams. So please give them a voice and allow them to live out those dreams and like, yeah. be the biggest supporter. Yeah. Yeah. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, again, of course we're in a time crunch, so I don't take up too much of your time, but I just wanted to first, before I ask you like where it tells us where our listeners can reach you, I just want to say a big, 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 big thank you, uh, from the entire Progressive team. Uh, Visa, you were incredible. You dropped insane value on this podcast. Um, and I had an amazing time. Hope you had an amazing time as well. Thank you. You are very easy to talk to and you are a great listener and then at asking back great questions. So I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed being on this interview. Thank you so much Thank for you giving so much. me this platform and this opportunity. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Um, of course, I want our listeners to connect with you. So tell us where our listeners can reach you. Absolutely. I'm really active on LinkedIn. So you can find okay. me under Visa Shanogam. I post almost every day. Um, you can find me on Instagram as well, Visa Shanogam. And my website is www.visalakshi.com. Perfect. Perfect. So guys, I'm going to put the links below as well to get in touch with Visa. And again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you liked any part of that, please, please, please leave us a review. It would mean the world to us. Please let us know your thoughts, how you think we can improve and continue providing more and more value to our community because we are here to serve you and make sure that you have the best time possible and continue progressing within your journey. Thank you very much.